Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mystic Podcast. So today we will be covering Season 1, Episode 13 of The Vampire Diaries, and the episode title is Children of the Damned. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been tuning in to our podcast. We've slowly been growing views. I think I mentioned last time how we reached 100 plays slash downloads, and our Instagram, like some of the posts kind of went viral, and so I think... I gained a few listeners from there. So I just want to say I really appreciate the support. I've really been enjoying doing this podcast. And just, I love The Vampire Diaries so much. So it's been great to kind of like have an outlet where I can say my thoughts and connect with more of you guys. So the last episode, we had the Decade Dance, first Decade Dance of the series. And we also found out that there's more vampires in Mystic Falls. And we were kind of getting closer to the whole tomb drama. This time there was loads and loads of flashbacks. I think this was the second episode that included the flashbacks. Of course, the first one was during episode six. So in this episode, it wasn't just Catherine that we saw, but we also saw vampires. We saw Emily Bennett. We saw some of the founders family. And so we learned more about the history of the vampires in 1864. I will be covering this episode in chronological order, but it is going to get very confusing at times because we're kind of flashing we're kind of, you know, switching constantly from the present to the past. Like, I swear that there's literally sirens 24-7 here. So if I wait for the sirens to finish, I'm never going to get to record this episode. So ignore any sirens you might hear in the background. Um, so the first scene of this episode, we are taken back to Mystic Falls in 1864, and we have Catherine and Damon. So there's loads of Catherine and Damon scenes in this episode. Um, it's mainly focused around Damon, I would say. So I really, really enjoyed seeing these flashback scenes. So basically, Catherine and Damon are in this carriage and she stops for help. Oh, no, sorry. Catherine and Damon are in the woods. And then there's two men that were on a carriage. She stops them and she says something on the lines of like, help my husband and you know, her pretend husband, which is actually Damon, um, pretends to be dead on the floor. And she ends up draining both of these men of blood and killing them. So Damon was acting as the husband. Um, so Catherine's kind of teaching him how vampires hunt because obviously she's told that she's told him that he will turn him. So she's kind of like teaching him the ropes on how to be a vampire. And he just seems so innocent in 1864. He seems so different to how he is now. So before he genuinely was like just this innocent young man who was really in love with Catherine. Like Catherine was the one that kind of brought him to the dark side, I guess. Catherine asked Damon to kiss her. And because he's such a gentleman, he tries to wipe off the blood using his handkerchief. But Catherine says, soon you won't be able to get enough. So Damon is so in love with her that he just kisses her with all the blood. And then the title credits roll and we are taken back to the present day. Stefan and Elena are in bed in Stefan's room in the Salvatore house and Damon walks in and you know now Stefan's agreed to work with him on his plan um he wants to get started on opening up the tomb and you know Damon is explaining that he needs to get Emily Bennett's grimoire and then he explains here that a grimoire is a witch's cookbook so I, I think I explained last time how the grimoire is like a spell book um where all the witches keep their spells and it's each like 
it's an individual book to each witch. So there's different spells in different grimoires. And this grimoire word is used frequently throughout the series. So Damon leaves and then Steph and Elena kind of like making out again. And then they go under the sheets. So I re they did a really good transition with this one. They go under the sheets and then the sheets take us back to the past. And we are back to Catherine and Damon in bed. So yeah, we didn't really get as much Catherine and Stefan scenes in this episode. It was more centered around Catherine and Damon. And I do believe this was the first on-screen kiss between um, Nina Dobrev and Ian Summerholder um, as Damon and Catherine. So they're in bed. Catherine has her vamp face. And you can just tell that Damon is really in love with Catherine. And I mean, Catherine technically manipulated them both. But... I guess a small part of me kind of shipped Daphrin. So Daphrin's that ship name. You can kind of ship anyone with Catherine. Like, she's such a good actress and she's such a good villain. And she just looks so gorgeous. Like, I love the whole costumes and everything. Um, but anyways, Emily walks in. So we see Emily Bennett. And she she kind of is, like, smirking, I guess. I mean, there is this one scene later... Um, straight afterwards actually where Catherine walks downstairs to see Pearl and then she asks Emily to say please tell Mr. Salvatore I've stepped away and then Emily says which one and I love Catherine's comeback answer she says both so what a savage um like I can't really tell like it's really hard to tell with Emily if she's being playful like it's playful banter or is it like sinister and oh even after watching the series multiple times, like, I don't really get if Emily really liked Catherine and the vampires or not. I mean, technically, she did save them by, you know, using the crystal and closing them in the tomb. But sometimes it feels like she's throwing, like, these sarcastic jabs at Catherine. Um, and I feel like she was with Catherine because it's better. It's an advantage because she's a witch. But did she really like them? And I guess I'm kind of biased because Emily creeped me out from the whole... Um, possession episode i can't remember which episode that was i think it was episode nine episode nine when emily possessed bonnie like from that episode she kind of creeped me out so i guess i'm biased on my feelings towards emily so anyways we're introduced to pearl and pearl is another vampire and she seems to be Catherine's good friend and can i just say Catherine looks so beautiful in this gown um like even though they're the same actress like Catherine and elena um, Nina plays both of them. For some reason, I just think Catherine looks way more... I don't know, like, both of them are obviously very pretty. But I would say that Catherine just looks way better. I think it's the costumes and, like, the way she acts. Like, everything about it is just... She's, like, the perfect villain. So anyways, Catherine and Pearl have stepped outside. They're talking. And, you know, Pearl is concerned because, um... Honoria Fell um, has Vervain, which means the town knows a vampire. So even back then, they knew about Vervain and everything. And by the last name, you can tell that Honoria Fell is an ancestor of Logan Fell. Pearl is saying that it might be time for them to move on again. So I guess that means that Catherine and Pearl have known each other for a long time. Um, maybe they've been moving around different small towns together. So when it gets dangerous, they kind of like run away. And I wish I got 
to see more history about Catherine and Pearl, like before the 18th century, I don't think we get like an explanation on to how Catherine and Pearl met each other. But that is something that I am curious about. But then Catherine is saying that, you know, she's just an orphan from Atlanta who lost her family in the fires. So she made up this whole story on how she was an orphan and she's staying at the Salvador house. So I'm guessing that it's like a boarding house. And so she's staying there and everyone feels sorry for her. And here we managed to connect the dot um, to Anna. So Pearl's daughter approaches and it is none other than Anna. So from here, I mean, it's not explained, but you can kind of guess. Um, so from here, we can kind of guess that Anna maybe wants to get her mother, Pearl, out of the tomb. So switching back to the present again, we have Anna and Anna and Anna is with Ben at the motel that they are staying at. And Ben is, you can tell he's kind of like one of those stereotypical jocks. For example, he literally forgets that he's a vampire and he opens the curtains and starts to burn. So he hasn't got a daylight ring. So he's he can only be out at night, which I guess doesn't affect his job because his human job is a bartender, so he can just work on night shifts. So Anna seems to be pretty fed up with Ben. We see that throughout the whole episode. Like, she's just not interested um, in him at all. And he's a newbie vampire, so Anna recently turned him basically just to use her for her mission on opening up the tomb. And when Ben asks why, Anna said that he was sad and lacked purpose. He mentions this during his date with Bonnie, but, you know... All of his friends went to college, they moved away, he was left in the small town. Um, so I guess I can kind of see where Anna is coming from, but at the same time, I do feel bad for him because even if he didn't go to college and he was just working at a bar, you know, he still had his whole life ahead of him. So it's kind of it kind of reminded me of Vicky and what Damon said to Vicky and how, you know, what was it again? Like I forgot the exact line he said, but it was similar onto the lines that Anna said to Ben. Kind of feel bad for him, and then he's obviously trying to make an effort and with Anna, but Anna's just so uninterested in him. We have Elena and Stefan at the Gilbert house next, and Elena's kind of sympathizing for Damon, and she said that, you know, even though he's done all these terrible things, everything he did was for love. And this is really the theme of the Vampire Diaries. You will see this throughout every season, how even the villains have a tragic backstory. Like each and every villain has this huge storyline to them and we kind of get to see it for every single one. So even though everyone does terrible things, you also sympathize for them as well. So yeah, every villain has this tragic backstory to them and... It makes you really see things from different point of view. You kind of see the reason why some of these people or supernatural creatures become villains because of what has happened to them. And I will say that even Catherine herself, um, Catherine's backstory is extremely tragic. And Catherine does tend to have, and Catherine does have a lot of fans. You'll see in the fandom that many people love Catherine. Um, some people don't really love Elena as much. Um, but yeah, when you find out the backstory of Catherine, you can't help but sympathize for her as well. So it's like every single character has, you know, such depth towards them. Before I start talking for ages, we'll 
go back to the story for this episode. So Elaine and Stefan are looking at some old Gilbert stuff and they find a muzzle. Um, we see a muzzle being used on like Catherine and Poe later. So I'm guessing this was one that was used for the vampires, which is kind of creepy that that would be in the belongings. And then Jeremy walks in and Jeremy reveals to them that it's Alaric who now has the journal. So Stefan goes to fetch it. So we skip to Alaric at the school. It's nighttime. He's reading the journal. I mean, I guess he could have taken it home to read it and not have to like, you know, read it in the dark. Like he's not even using any electricity. And when he's reading it, we are taken to a flashback. And we see Stefan's father. So Stefan's father is called Giuseppe Salvatore. And he is talking with Mr. Gilbert and Mr. Lockwood. Switching back to the present again, Alaric is taking copies of the journal. He's photocopying it. Thank goodness he did that because we know later on that Anna takes the journal. And thanks to Alaric having the photocopies, Stefan and Elena were able to read it as well. So yeah, Anna is there, she's sneaking about, but I guess Alaric just has a really good sense. Maybe he's a vampire hunter. So Alaric senses there's a vampire, he gets his weapons out, it seems that he's always prepared. I mean, I don't blame him to be honest, because in Mystic Falls you should be prepared to face a vampire. Um, so he shoots this wooden stake, which is like from an air compressor or something, and Stefan catches it. And Stefan says that he won't hurt Alaric and he gives the weapon back. So by giving him the weapon back, it's a sign that Stefan isn't going to hurt him. And so Alaric starts talking and he mentions that his wife was a parapsychologist and his wife was killed. He just says that he's a historian and he knows that there's vampires in Mystic Falls. And so when Stefan asks where the journal is, Alaric says it's on the desk but they find that the journal is gone. So we know that Anna took the journal, so she took it and she's straight back at the motel. She's really disinterested in Ben, who is getting ready for his date with Bonnie. And when she's reading the journal, we are taken to another flashback. And in this flashback, um, we see that Catherine, Pearl, Anna and Emily Bennett are at the apothecary, which is Pearl's apothecary. And Catherine is talking about how she's planning on turning both Stefan and Damon. And then I was about to say Jeremy, sorry, Jonathan Gilbert. Jonathan Gilbert likes Pearl. And so I believe Jonathan Gilbert is like a scientist slash inventor. And Pearl is saying that she still hasn't um, how Jonathan still hasn't told her about the comet that was seen in the sky. So this is a reference to season one, episode two, you know, the night of the comet, when the comet came back after like 145 years. And I just love how everything links so smoothly in the Vampire Diaries. They really write it well. I love it when everything connects. And another thing I find interesting is in the past, it was Jonathan Gilbert who liked Pearl. And in the present, um, we all know how that turns out you know, how Jonathan betrays her in the end. So I'm wondering, you know, obviously Anna wants to use Jeremy to find the Gilbert journal, but maybe she also has a vengeance because of what happened to her mom. So because of what happened to her mother. So she might be targeting Jeremy on purpose. We also have another flashback of Giuseppe with his two sons, Stefan and Damon. And it appears that Giuseppe is still angry about Damon leaving the Confederacy. He calls him a deserter. 
He's very disappointed, and it does seem that Giuseppe really favors Stefan more. But also, Stefan is kind of like a goody-goody, and he's really kind of he kind, he seems like the type to kind of like suck up to his father and do what he says. And so Giuseppe is saying that he wants them to help kill the vampires. Back to the present again. Damon is now at the Gilbert house all of a sudden, and he's cooking dinner while Jenna is just sitting there drinking wine. And then Damon's like pouring her more wine, and I found it kind of strange because I didn't know that Damon and Jenna got along. We never really saw them interact that much. And Jenna is saying that Logan is in the Bahamas, so I'm guessing that this is maybe another fake email sent by Liz Forbes. And she says that all fells are snooty, which Damon laughs to. So Damon obviously knew the founding fells. So maybe it's kind of like it's kind of like an inside joke for him because he knew the all the ancestors, and maybe they were not as nice as well. And Elena walks in, and we see Elena is really surprised to see Damon there. So switching back to the school where Alaric and Stefan are, Alaric says that Damon was the one who killed his wife. And Alaric wants to know what happened. He said that he saw Damon and he saw Damon drain her blood out, drain her out. But they still didn't find Isabel's body. So up until now, we thought that Isabel was dead. That was what we assumed. But now, because there's no body, there is a chance, there is a small chance that she could be alive. Because we did see this with Logan as well. If she had vampire blood inside her, there's a high chance that she could be a vampire. So Stefan is saying that he will help Alaric find out, you know, information, find out more about Isabel, but Damon can't know because Damon would just kill him straight away. So I think Alaric was really lucky because if it was Anna or Damon who he would have run into in if it was Anna or Damon who he shot or attempted to shoot at the school, there's a high chance that he could have been killed by them. But because it was Stefan, he um, he's still alive and now Stefan's agreeing to help him. Switching back to the dinner scene again at the Gilbert house, Damon appears to be really doubting Stefan. So he's cooking in the kitchen and I wonder if Damon is making his homemade mozzarella like Stefan did. Um, so anyways, Damon vamp speeds towards Elena and asks if he can trust Stefan. And Elena mistakes him for compelling, but actually Damon was just genuinely asking. Um, it appears that he really trusts Elena, and especially after their whole road trip and her saving his life, they've kind of formed like a small friendship. And so I really feel sorry for him because we, of course, know that Elena is lying. And even though Damon has been a villain up until now, we see how in love with Catherine is and he just wants to be reunited with her. And so, you know, Elena's like, oh, of course you can trust him. But she is so bad at lying because she's literally avoiding eye contact. She walks away quickly. And for someone like Damon, who is a very quick person, who um, doesn't exactly trust many, who doesn't really trust anyone but himself, I was surprised that he didn't see that, you know, Elena was lying. Yet another flashback scene. Um... We see Giuseppe playing croquet with Catherine and Stefan and Damon are on the side watching. And Stefan is talking to Damon how he thinks that they should tell the truth to their father to get help. He thinks that his father will understand. And Damon begs him not to. He said that if their father knew, he would kill her. He would literally be the one driving a stake in her heart. 
So here we see how naive Stefan really was. Like he genuinely trusts his father and he literally said it at the very end of the episode how Stefan put his faith in his father, but Damon put his faith in Stefan. But at the time, you know, Stefan was still a 17-year-old teenager, so it's understandable that he would want to trust his parent. And then so Stefan has promised Damon that he won't tell their father and he would keep it a secret and we see Catherine kind of glance towards them I'm not sure if that was intentional or not but technically because she's a vampire she would have been able to vampire this conversation um so I think I kind of felt that that glance was like a meaning like oh you better keep this thing this whole thing a secret Back to the present again at the Gilbert house, we see Damon and Jeremy playing the Xbox and Anna just keeps on calling Jeremy and Jeremy's talking to Damon about how she's so persistent and we have this scene where Jenna and Elaine, I think they're like wiping the dishes or something and Jenna is saying that Damon is ridiculously hot and then Elena's like, no, he's an ass. And I love Damon's reaction because obviously he could have he could vamp here the whole thing. So when Jenna's saying that he's hot, he kind of smirks. And then when Elena says, um, tells her to shush, like he's like rolling his eyes. I just found it hilarious because you know the vampires can hear the conversation, and Elena knows that too. And then at this moment, Stefan arrives at the house. Next, we are at the grill, and it appears that Bonnie and Ben actually did go to karaoke, which I was surprised about. And of course, they're going to the... And of course, they're at the Mystic Grill afterwards, because there's literally no place else in this town. Um, I wonder where the karaoke is, though. I felt so bad for Bonnie seeing her with Ben, because she genuinely is, like, crushing on him. But we, of course, know that Ben is just pretending, and he's just using Bonnie... He's just using Bonnie for the whole tomb mission with Anna. And um, we do get a small explanation on to why Caroline is absent from this episode because Bonnie is mentioning how she is visiting her dad. Um, so that's why Caroline isn't there. Something she mentioned which I found very cryptic was she said that Elena is literally her, Elena is her like her sister and that she would die for her. It just felt very cryptic that she would say that and how this might be used against her because she was kidnapped. And here, yet again, I mean, we've seen the dynamic between this whole trio of Elena, Bonnie and Caroline in past episodes too, but Bonnie refers to Elena as her sister. So we see that Bonnie and Elena are really super tight, super close, and but Caroline considers Bonnie to be her closest best friend. So... I did say before how when you're in a trio of friends, someone is bound to be left out and Caroline is the one that is clearly left out in this trio. Speaking of trios, we have the Elena, Damon, Stefan trio back at the Gilbert house. And Damon is suspicious of Alaric. Um, so when, you know, he says that, Stefan says that the journal was gone, um, Damon seems really suspicious of Alaric, but then Stefan kind of steers him away from that. So I'm guessing that Stefan genuinely wants to help Alaric, feels bad for him, doesn't want him to be killed by Damon, so he steers it away well. And so Damon goes back into the house to ask Jeremy about the journal. He said, who else, do, who else knows about this journal? And I think Jeremy must find it super weird that everyone is so obsessed with this random journal from one of his ancestors from the 18th century because realistically, it would be strange. 
And so Damon is... So Damon decides to take Jeremy to the grill, and Jeremy is actually okay with it. Um, I guess it's a, it's a free ride, and he's okay with it. And so they go to meet Anna. You know, Damon wants to see who this Anna girl is, so he goes to take Jeremy to the grill. Elena's on the phone with Bonnie. Bonnie is telling Elena all about the date, which is kind of cute, but at the same time, we're feeling really sorry for her. And Elena is really making Bonnie feel confident and empowered. She's saying that Bonnie is a powerful witch goddess. And after she ends the phone call, she sees Stefan and Stefan says that he's got copies of the journal. Okay, back at the grill again, Anna and Jeremy meet and oh my gosh, I just noticed something. So Bonnie and Ben were on a date in the grill and Bonnie got kidnapped, but they didn't cross paths with Anna, Jeremy or Damon. So I guess the grill is pretty spacious, maybe. When Damon turns around to see who this mystery girl Anna is, um, we see him kind of recognize her and we are taken to another flashback to 1864. Um, but this time we're at the apothecary again, but this time it's Anna, Pearl and Damon with Catherine. So loads of Damon Catherine scenes this time, as you can see. And they're talking about how the sheriff has got the sheriff went to get loads of a vein and the sheriff seems to like pearl as well damon is the only one there that is literally panicking that the town will find out about them but then catherine says that they're the respectable ladies of mystic falls um no one would ever doubt them and she mentions how it's thanks to emily that they can walk in the daylight so here we connect the dots and so here we know that Emily is the one who created the daylight rings, which explains why rings are so difficult to get because it's not like you can just run into a witch anywhere. We still don't know how this daylight ring is made. I think Stefan mentioned in episode 5, was it, or something? Like, he mentioned the stone lapis lazuli. So I'm guessing you need that stone to be made in the daylight ring and you also need a witch to put a spell on it. So not every vampire is going to find it. But I still find it a mystery how Lexi didn't have a daylight ring, even though she was like 350 years old. She would have had loads of time in her vampire life to, you know, search for this stone, search for a witch, or even compel somebody to help her find it. So Stefan and Elena are reading the photocopies of the journal. And inside the journal, Jer and oh, not Jeremy. Oh my gosh, it's so confusing. I keep calling Jonathan and Jer. I keep I keep getting Jonathan and Jeremy mixed up because they have literally the same initials. Um, Jonathan Gilbert mentions Emily in his journal, and it implying that he knew that she was a witch. But I thought that they were supposed to be a secret. So yeah, because I remember in the previous episodes. Emily and Damon made a promise that Damon would protect um, Emily's family, Emily's line. But if the town knew that she was a witch and didn't know and didn't do anything about it, then I don't see the danger. Um, maybe we'll find out in future episodes. I, I don't, I genuinely don't remember how Emily died. Inside the journal, um, Jonathan Gilbert is saying how Giuseppe Salvatore would carry the real secrets with him to his grave. And even for someone who doesn't know Giuseppe, I'd say it's pretty easy to figure this out. We have a flashback um, where Stefan and Giuseppe are talking. Giuseppe mentions again that he would carry the real secrets to his grave and that it would be 
a full grave or something like that. And so in this flashback, Stefan ends up revealing his concerns about the whole vampire plans to Giuseppe. It's pretty obvious that he's implying about Catherine. And so even though he made this promise to Damon, I mean, technically he didn't mention Catherine directly, but he expressed his concerns. And Giuseppe gives some whiskey to Stefan. And I believe this whiskey was the one that was spiked with Vervain, and which is what got Catherine captured later on. The sirens have stopped and now it's my loud Frenchy snoring, so I apologize. We have a flashback, this time it's Stefan with Catherine, and Catherine has the crystal, it's the crystal that was destroyed in episode 9, and she's mentioning how this crystal was from Emily. And at first we see Stefan jealous, thinking that it was from Damon, but at the same time Stefan was compelled to forget about the whole vampire thing, so if he wasn't compelled, would he really feel that way about Catherine? We don't know. So Catherine feeds on Stefan and she starts coughing. She says, Vervain, she faints and Giuseppe walks in and reveals that he became suspicious um, when Stefan was expressing his concerns about the vampires and so fed Stefan Vervain in order to expose her. So he tells Stefan to go get the sheriff and unlike Damon, Stefan is really obedient to his father. So even though he protests at first, he does what his father says. It appears that Damon and Anna have finally met each other. So they choke each other and they, each of them don't let go for a while. And it looks like they kind of had the same strength, which I kind of thought questionable because Anna is supposed to be older than Damon because she was probably... Yeah, she was obviously a vampire back in 1864. So I don't know, is it because she's like supposed to be 14 years old that her strength is less than Damon? So Anna was like, um, it took you long to find me or something like that. So even though Anna was working secretly, she was kind of expecting to be found eventually by Damon or Stefan. And so they start talking at the motel and Anna says that she arrived since the comet night which was episode two which means from pretty early on there was actually vampires i mean there was Stefan and damon but there was actually more vampires in mystic falls which is so funny to see now because back then it was such like a cute high school drama and i, I did say how it soon becomes the supernatural dramatic series that it is. But it's just so funny that even back then when things seemed peaceful, um, there was vampires in the sh hiding in the shadows um, plotting. So Anna reveals that she was the one who turned Logan and how she likes to use others to solve her mission. So Anna wants to team up and work together. She doesn't see a problem in it because they both want the same motive. They, they both had the same motive. They want to get the tomb opened. And to be honest, I don't see Damon being at any loss from working together with Anna because working together would obviously be quicker and they'd be able to get this tomb open quicker but Damon says sorry he works alone and now he saw the journal he knows where to find the grimoire so it's the end of the date between Bonnie and Ben and just when they're about to leave Bonnie decides to kiss Ben but of course because she's a witch she senses something bad she senses that he's a vampire so she pulls away but I'd say she acted pretty well 
Like she says she's gonna go to the restroom. She even takes her coat off to make it look to make it look real. But Ben senses that she's running, senses that Bonnie suspects him, and he vamp speeds towards her and he kidnaps her. And that's the last scene of Bonnie for this episode. So we still don't know where Bonnie has been taken. And as Elena and Stefan finally figured out the clue as as to where Giuseppe hid the grimoire, which was a pretty easy clue, um, they go to dig up the grave. But of course, Damon finds them because he knows where to look as well. Damon says something on the lines of he can only count on himself and he's still angry that Stefan told their dad about everything. And technically, Stefan did cause the vampires did and technically Stefan did cause the whole roundup of the vampires and them being locked up into the tomb and technically that led to them becoming vampires as well so it all started with Stefan so I mean it's really I mean you this even happens with our real lives as well but it's really scary how just one action one decision can literally impact the rest of your life other people's lives as well. So, you know, obviously Damon has trust issues with Stefan and we see the reason why in this time, we see the reason why in this episode from seeing the flashbacks and how, you know, Damon kind of blames Stefan for what happened to Catherine. But he says to Elena, but you, you had me fooled. So Damon genuinely trusted Elena. He genuinely thought that Elena was telling the truth. So he feels betrayed. And so Stefan is refusing to give the grimoire to Damon. So Damon goes to drastic action. So Damon takes a drastic action and he feeds Elena his blood and says that if Stefan doesn't give him the book, um, Damon will snap her neck and turn her. And then he says, you and I will have a vampire girlfriend. I don't really get the whole threesome references like he made one at the beginning too. Um, I guess because at this moment, I'd say Damon doesn't really, I mean, at this moment, I'd say Damon doesn't love Elena, but because Elena has that resemblance to Catherine, he's drawn to her. And, you know, Stefan says, you've just done the one thing that will ensure that I will give the book. So they have this whole trade thing where Stefan throws the book, Damon lets Elena go, Elena and Stefan run, and then Damon grabs the book. And you can tell that, you know, even though, you know, Damon threatening Elena was a bad thing. He did it all for love. And you can tell that he probably didn't want to go to that drastic action as well. But it was all he had left. Yeah, so we're taken to another flashback and when Damon finds out that Catherine has been taken. And you can tell that Damon doesn't care if he gets killed for Catherine, which is a difference between his love towards Catherine and Stefan's love towards Catherine. Because, you know, his dad literally says that if you're a sympathizer, they'll kill you as well. But Damon doesn't care. He's willing to die for love. But Stefan, on the other hand, is more obedient, more naive towards his father. So we're on to the last scenes of this episode. So we're at the Gilbert house and you can tell that Stefan does kind of feel that it is his fault and he genuinely feels bad. And, you know, Elena's reassuring him, saying it's not his fault. And she mentioned that she has a headache after the vampire blood. So apparently to some people, being fed vampire blood can give them headaches. So Stefan goes down to get aspirin. And I love the original score that is playing. I'm pretty sure it was by Michael Subi. Something, yeah, some, I think. So he makes the scores for the Vampire Diaries. So there's like the Elena theme, Stefan Elena theme, Damon Elena theme, and so on. And unfortunately, they're not on Spotify. So I just listen to it on YouTube sometimes. 
So Stefan goes down, he's saying hi to Jenna, Jeremy walks in and he says, where did she go? And then, you know, Stefan's like, who? And then Jeremy says that he has Anna over and all of a sudden it clicks. So at first Stefan didn't realize who Anna was, but now after realizing there's another vampire who's working to open up the tomb, he connects it to Anna from 1864 and we are taken to the last flashback of the episode um it's Paul and Anna trying to escape and just when they're trying to escape not Jeremy oh my gosh I did it again not Jeremy Jonathan Jonathan Gilbert um notices Pearl and so Pearl you know Pearl's acting pretty well she doesn't want to seem like she's running away so she is you know chatting with him the compass points to Pearl. Pearl literally begs to Jonathan to just let her and her daughter Anna go. We have this small moment, so we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Jonathan will let them go or not, but she, but he shouts out that he has another one here. So she vamp speeds and she tries to run away, but she gets shot with wooden bullets and she's captured. And it's so heartbreaking. You know, Anna tries to shout. She shouts for mo she shouts, but Emily stops her. And it's really heartbreaking because it's, you know, it's a mother and daughter who've literally been separated. And Emily reassures her by saying that she will protect them. So... You know, Emily had this plan from the beginning to protect them and to keep them in the tomb. We're taken back to the present day Mystic Falls where Stefan goes back to Elena's room to find out she is gone. The window is open, which obviously implies that she was kidnapped by Anna. And that's where the episode ends. Wow, that was such an eventful episode. Um, I really, really enjoyed this one. I mean, I did say how the pre well, I love all the episodes of course um episode 12 was good with the whole decade dance but I will say I love this one because of the flashbacks I feel that Vampire Diaries as a whole does really well with its flashbacks because obviously when you have a series that is based around vampires vampires are immortals they've been around for many many years so you know I mean, of course, just seeing them in the present day is interesting too, but seeing the history of them, seeing what they were like in the past does kind of connect the dots and ma makes the storyline make more sense. And I just love costume dramas anyways. It was really good to see the whole history of the founding families and the vampires of Mystic Falls in 1864. And even in the present day, we have a new plot of Elena and Bonnie both being kidnapped. Um, yeah, Bonnie is obviously kidnapped because she is needed to open the tomb because she's a witch. But why Elena's kidnapped, we don't know yet. It was really, really good. It was kind of hard to talk through, though, because I kept having to switch between flashbacks and present day. But it was a really interesting episode to watch. Um, unfortunately, there wasn't much music mentioned this time, so I don't have a favorite song for this time. But I do have a favorite and least favorite character. So first of all, for favorite characters, I'm going to go with Catherine and Damon. So first of all, Catherine, it was the second episode she was in. And I did say it in the first time she was there, but she's just such a baddie. She's so exciting. She's so different to Elena, even though they're identical. I just love her character. She makes the show way more interesting. It is kind of centered around her well, and Elena, technically, in season one. Um, so any scenes with Catherine, I just love and for Damon, I'm, I chose Damon because I genuinely felt bad for him. And even though what he did to Elena was bad, he, 
even though what he did to Elena was bad, like threatening to turn her into a vampire, you can tell that he was really in love with Catherine and he still is. It's been 145 years, but he's still committed to this one woman. And in this episode, we got to see Damon in a different light, I think. We've only seen him as this big bad vampire up until now, but we see that when he was a human, he was actually innocent. And it could be that Catherine was the one that influenced him to turn to his dark side, I guess, um, when he became a vampire. And we can kind of understand why there's this tension between him and Stefan now. Like, he resents Stefan for, you know, confiding to their dad. But at the same time... You can kind of see Stefan's point of view as well. Like he was just 17 years old. He was naive. He trusted his dad. So that's what I mean where in this series, there's so many layers that it's hard to point fingers and just blame one person because each character has a whole like story behind them as to why they are the way they are. On the other hand, for least favorite characters, this was really hard to decide because I liked pretty much all of the characters. Um, I loved Pearl and Anna as well, even though they weren't my number one faves. Um, it was really sad at the end seeing them be forcefully separated. Um, maybe my least favorite is Ben, because I do feel that he's kind of irrelevant in the sense where, you know, even though Anna is technically a villain in present day as well, um, you know, Anna has a motive and she... You know, Anna has a reason as to why she's doing this. You know, her mother's stuck in a tomb. Whereas Ben is literally just being Anna's slave, like just doing whatever Anna wants. And he was really... And because I feel bad for Bonnie, like he was being fake nicer and pretending to be interested. But at the same time, I feel bad because his life was taken without choice by Anna so that's what I mean where like you feel bad for like even the people that are supposed to be villains in this series. Oh wait, actually I'm gonna choose Jonathan Gilbert as my least favorite. Oh yes, I completely forgot about him. Yeah, Jonathan Gilbert is my least favorite character because of his ultimate betrayal at the end and how just because he found out that Pearl was a vampire, he you know, outed her and he caused her to be stuck in a tomb. If not, Pearl and Anna could have ran off and be happy and safe and live their lives together. So yeah, Jonathan Gilbert is my least favorite character. So that is the end of today's episode. And the next episode, episode 14, the episode title is called Fool Me Once. So I'm kind of guessing this is a reference to Damon and Elena, maybe, because Damon said to Elena that you had me fooled. He's been fooled once, but he's not going to be fooled a second time. And I'm just going to put this out here, but the next episode is dramatic and it's tragic. Um, it's a really good episode. I'm so looking forward to this. I know what happens, but I'm excited to see it again to spot all the small details. And after this episode, we will take a four-week hiatus, which I mentioned last week. Um, we'll be looking at some other vampire media for four weeks. So even though I'm excited to see other vampire-related stuff, I am kind of sad to be taking a break from the Vampire Diaries, and I just know that it's going to make me want to watch the episode, the next episode, as soon as I can. But at the same time, having a hiatus makes you feel more anticipated for the series to feel, to be more excited for as to what will happen. So yeah, um... Hopefully you guys will stay tuned and watch my other episodes during the hiatus. If not, you can always re-watch my episodes and we'll see you, you know, after that.
Um, next week will be the last Vampire Diaries covered episode for a month. I'm really looking forward to it. So I will see you guys next Sunday for our next episode. Um, please go check out our Instagram at the Mystic Podcast. We, you know, post Vampire Diaries or like vampire related stuff. And that is it. So I will end this episode and see you next Sunday.